Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Wizards of Dribble podcast. In the last week, Stoke have been left battered and bruised by the Clariton Blues, as failure to hold on to Leeds means it's an inevitable trip to Leeds next season. With me to start the relegation party are Ben Cartwright. Evening. And Tom Thrower. Hi. Uh, ben, you were saying uh, before we recorded that you just wanted to vomit into the microphone. Why ever could that be? Oh my goodness. Um, it's just, emotions are nice, aren't they? I mean, isn't it lucky that we live in, in a world where it's okay for, for us guys to have emotions now? Because I, I don't know what I would what I would do if I, if I didn't have Twitter um, and Facebook Messenger to sort of voice my opinions to people about how this is the end of the the end of my world. It's it's been another devastating day to be a Stoke fan. Um, just too similar this season. This just well, Paul Lambert's tenure has just been so identical game after game of not great performances, getting a goal, doing something, and then it just all going to shit still. Um, and it's happened again, guys. Yeah. Um, like you, so, you could not have yeah. found a more identical two games in the past week since we yeah. recorded, both against teams in Claret and Blue who aren't really that good, but they've got an annoying big bastard up front. And we we <laughs> go we go a goal ahead, and then we just shit ourselves and concede yeah. every annoying goal, and there we are. Um, yeah, that, it's 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 just like ugh, like West West Ham. I I thought was genuinely quite devastating, given the kind of how late the goal was. Today, I mm. thought uh, I was kind of resigned to relegation already, but it was just the kind of the disappointment was in the second half and how kind of lacklustre we were in the face of that. Like. When did you kind of accept relegation, Ben? Or have you have you not given up hope yet? Well, I mean, the, the point I wanted to make, I guess, was I don't, I don't think I've given up yet. I, do, I think it's difficult for me to say I've given up. I, I said it to a couple of mates last week, and they were like, "What, are you, what on earth are you talking about? You can't give up." And I was like, "Oh well, you can," and I have done. And then I get to today, and I'm like, "Oh no, it's not over. Like we can still do it." I, just, I think it's it's just. So annoying that the amount of times I mean I said on this very podcast of a couple of months ago there are no must win games. But obviously we've gone into games over the last few weeks and right this is must win. If we don't win this, there's no chance. But still there's somehow some hope like mathematically that we'll say up, which says two things. It says that I shouldn't have said that there's no must win games because that was a stupid thing to say. And two, <laughs> how fucking bad? Excuse my language. I can't how bad it's are funny. everyone else in the Premier League? How bad are, that we're still in it? We haven't won. We've won one time in twelve games, and it's still math- mathematically possible for us to stay up. How bad are Huddersfield and West Ham and whoever else are up there to not put, have us relegated already? It's <laughs> disgraceful. I'm pissed off for them. It is a terrible league, to be <sighs> honest, and I'm glad we're getting out of here. I was just, I was just saying this earlier. <laughs> I, when we go down, I don't want us to come back up. This league is terrible. Give, give me. Oh. Some, Proper football teams, proper fans, etc., and we'll, we'll be, you know, right as rain. Um, Tom, uh, Paul Lambert, in his post-match interview on Radio Stoke, said he he hasn't given up hope. 
Um, have you? Um, I'm not surprised that Paul Lambert hasn't given up hope because, you know, he got a Premier League job somehow. <laughs> so he really, he's had proof of God, hasn't he? He's been given a given a job when he totally didn't deserve one. Yeah, I've given up hope. Uh, my hope disappeared um, in the in the great uh, tribute capitalism that was the Olympic Stadium after Carroll, you know, scored a volley from somewhere. I just felt like my heart had been ripped out and stamped on a few times. Um, yeah, and then today was just... You know, shit, just not good. I'm looking forward to leaving the Premier League for a bit. You know, we'll go and we'll go and have like a cleansing experience in the Championship, and we'll all just come back up as like happier, more positive people. It'll be good for our souls. Did did a score draw between two proper old school founder members of the Football League? British managers playing four four two, big men up front. Did that not get your pulses racing and just <laughs> oh bloody Premier League? We're the best. <laughs> Did that not do it for you? Uh, yeah, no, I actually um I was really appreciative of our tactics, especially in the second half, where we decided that, you know, centre midfield the place we've like definitely invested heaviest in since we've got promoted to the Premier League. I mean, we had two 15 million plus signings there and we've got another one out on loan. I really liked how we decided that that was the bit of the pitch that we shouldn't do anything with and we should kick it over for an entire <laughs> half. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was it wasn't like Padu and Dai had shown any skill or invention in the first half. It wasn't like he was playing. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's. Well. Yeah, it's not like Badu and Dai's been our best player without a doubt over our past four games or anything like that. No, that is why I pay however much I pay for a season ticket to watch Peter Crouch not win <laughs> any headers in the second half. I'm not sure he won one. So no, I'm just delighted. Such 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 a happy day. Um, I've got so much bang for my buck. Oh, it's it's it it just it's it stinks of that lack of sort of. Belief and ambition. I, oh, that it must be a message from Lambert. That that is that's not the players doing that. I I can't believe it because every time the ball was anywhere, instead of having a bit of composure and playing it off to the central midfield, it was just smack, smack, smack over the top. And then, as you say, Peter Crouch doing absolutely nothing. It's that I, for our time in the Premier League, that is the most frustrating thing. Seeing Peter Crouch not win headers when it, the ball gets pumped off him. I know he's he's got a difficult job today against sort of a big Burnley defence or whatever, but bloody LP, come on, just win a couple. And, and that's why we've got four four two. So you, you can play in the other striker, but it didn't really happen, especially in the second half. It's just, ugh. Right. Yeah. Since, that, since, we, since we've criticised Crouch there, um, I'm afraid we're going to have to <laughs> move on to the other oh, no, centre forward. No. Um, we'll kind of just run through the kind of the, the flash points of the game then. Uh, we take the lead through a, a deflected and die shot, which was great. And, like, for the first half an hour, I thought we played really, really well. And it seemed crazy that the game then kind of disintegrated in, in two kind of major moments, really. The first being Mamjouf. Oh, mate. Oh, just... I'm, I'm going to see that when I go to sleep. It's... 
he was like Shakiri knocks it down Bauer like and there's just no excuse is there there's no kind of I, I want to make an excuse for Mamjouf but I just can't because I heard on the radio after he almost had too much time to think about it yeah it, it, there's, there's nothing to think about just kick it in the goal just kick it he's well, that's the thing, but that's the problem, isn't it? I think Deli Ali has said similar this season, or he said in the past, I uh, quite remember where, he's not as good a player when he starts thinking about what he's doing. You he over, he overthink things. It's, for a player of Man Duff's talent, because he's a talent, he's a professional footballer, as, as much as anyone, it's easy to say, why is he a footballer? Because he, he has scored goals. Like, he has, he can shoot footballs into a goal. Like, he's done it several times for us before. Like, there's no doubt. In another season... A few years ago, that would be in the back of the net today. But he's just, for some reason, because he, he didn't even forget how to shoot, he forgot how to just touch the ball, just get it in front of him. Because so, even then he could just smack it in. Like, the commentator said, why don't you just smack it in the goal, just hit it first? I was like, well, you do what you want, just get it in the back of the net from there. <laughs> Take seven touches, just yeah. put it in the net. And I felt, after that happened, like... We're obviously going to live to regret yeah. This is Stoke. We're, we're yeah. not just yeah. going to get another chance in a few minutes and bury that one because this just doesn't happen to it's us not this season. And then second half, um, we're not playing as well initially, but we get a free kick in Shakiri range. <laughs> what? And then uh. Johnson... It, w- it wasn't even like Joe Allen was completely unmarked in the penalty area. That would be forgivable. It would be forgivable if we were 1-0 down and needed to score straight away with seconds remaining. But it's it's like right on the edge of the area. Obviously, give that to Shakiri. I don't care even how bad Shakiri is playing at that, at this point or... You know, if Shakiri's missed the last twenty free kicks he's taken or whatever, obviously we calm the fuck down, let Shakiri take it and go from there. Why the hell are you passing to a Joe Allen? It was cra- crowded out anyway. It's not even an easy pass. And then uh, from then, Shakiri obviously goes mental at Johnson because I was as well. I was out of my seat, going absolutely ape shit at him. And then from there, we don't have a kick. We that that just that one bit of idiocy seemed to just drain everything out of us. It was like, oh, we're too thick to stay in this league now. Look how stupid we are. <laughs> We've just tried to do that. Um, so, but but Tom, maybe we're just unlucky. We, we've had a lot of bad luck recently. Yeah, loads. I think um, that is that that whole incident was just more proof. I should be managing Stoke. Because if I was managing Stoke, the the attitude would be just if Joe Allen says something, just ignore him, just just leave him to it. He can go and do what what he wants to do. So if he's screaming for a pass when he hasn't even broken through the Burnley line, just ignore him. Just just don't just 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 don't just don't listen to Joe. It just drove me mental. Um, I just honestly couldn't believe it. My head went, and and then like and so did Shakiri's. The amount of times in the second half, and it's half annoying. If it was any other player, I'd flip, but it's Shakiri, so in my opinion, you can do what he wants. Um, he was just stood on the right wing, 
almost like just just dazed just thinking what have i done in my life to deserve this why am i being put through this horrible horrible football team <sighs> just god block you know i wouldn't mind if Alan had like was Sort of, you know, breaking an offside trap and had totally caught the Burnley team off off guard. But he, he wasn't. He was literally in front of the Burnley defenders. He wasn't even running through on goal. Oh my god! What is wrong with them? What do they? <laughs> <sighs> oh, breathe, Tom. Breathe. Oh dear. Yeah. I mean, at least. No, there isn't an at least. There isn't an at least. Who is shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kind of. And I, I haven't seen uh, a replay of the Burnley equaliser uh, because I've kind of just come back from the match via KFC and, as you may be able to tell, via the pub. And <laughs> what's going on with Jack Butland sometimes? He, he must be ace at star jumps because... <laughs> Every every shot these days seems to go through his legs or something. And actually, to be fair to Butland, he I thought he played really quite well today and made a couple of really important saves. But we're just kind of absolute panic stations at the back. Whenever a ball comes in with any kind of fizz on it, it's like a, someone's thrown a grenade in there and no one knows what to do. Um, yeah, I, it's a weird one with Butland because. It's almost like you need to stop the problem before it becomes a problem. There's there's too many times where he just doesn't the, the inaction, and it, it nearly happened a couple of times when passes were played back to him, which were perfectly fine. But because of Butland sort of not wanting to come out quickly, or obviously not wanting to, but um, but yeah, whatever, not coming out quickly enough, so it looks a bit dodgy. I, I think in those situations, that star jump technique, I think, is probably the the best way to stop the ball because it's the biggest body area the issue is when you do it certainly in that situation where there's so many Burnley players about is that inevitably it will fall to a Burnley player who will then be able to knock it in the net so it's a weird one but just catch the ball Jack I don't understand why he's lost that I don't know if he ever had that ability but he he doesn't choose to do that and, and sort of he causes his own problems and it's weird because he, some of the shots he stopped today were fantastic and exactly what we love, the, the aspect of what we love about Butland, but then we also had the worst where he's, a couple of his clearances went directly to Burnley players which led to them being on the attack and, and things like that where there's just no need to do it. So he could be a perfect player. It feels like all those problems that he has are so easy rectified, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't rectify them. Yeah, I think I think like you said, Ben, you can't really blame him for the goal because um, I'm, I'm going to do it again. So you might want to cover your ears. Um, the xG of that shot was was 0.89, and if you know anything about expected goals, that is a fucking massive chance. Like you don't get them; they don't exist. Um, but I actually thought Butler was fine today. I thought he he stopped us losing. In all honesty, I think yeah. once sort of we got to about 75 minutes and. Campbell came on and we basically were only interested in attacking and the defenders were just in defence because that's their job. I think Butland it was, was the only one mm. who gave a shit and, and not even, it's just the, the only one whose head hadn't completely gone and wasn't sat there thinking, right then, this is us, we're going down now. Um, mm. 
and I thought actually he was better in the air today. I, I, I normally get the criticism yeah, of him I, sometimes. I thought he controlled the box a lot better, and I thought he caught more like, as well. He didn't he didn't punch. Uh, yeah, I think he made four catches. So yeah, I think he did he did better aerially. Mm. Um, we're going to move on to talk about Paul Lambert and his future at the club in a minute, but uh, obviously Ryan Shawcross. Uh, played today and got a huge reception on 17 minutes because this only came about on I think even Friday night that Ryan Shawcross played against West Ham having lost his father less than 24 hours previously and I can't believe what we've done to deserve Ryan Shawcross really in, in a lot of respects because you think how much he must be hurting right now he's been at the club 10 years I think he'll be due a testimonial soon and the attitude he's demonstrated over recent games recent months irrespective of what's going on off the pitch has been has been exemplary now you can talk you whether he's still good enough to be in the Premier League is a different conversation but you've got guys like Ryan Shawcross in the dressing room where no matter what you think of his ability he does lead by example for my money and you've got guys like Joe Allen like Mambir Amjouf like Bauer like Ndai like Butland where you can criticise their performances but I don't think you can question their attitude or their temperament and then you've got complete twats like Berahino Vimmer Hesse and you wonder what the dressing room is actually like to be in. Because how do Shawcross and Allen and Juf, even Juf, not tear the hair out thinking, why am I working so hard for these twats? What is going on? Does anyone have it's any I, ideas? The, there's them. I think in the modern game, there has to be... The transfer teams of the, of the teams need to not only buy players with decent ability, which we also haven't done, by the way, but buy players who have that attitude. It's, I mean, we all take the piss out of like work hard, like passion, whatever, hashtag passion and, and stuff. Mm. But at the end of the day, at this point in time... There's not many people who would disagree with the fact that if people, if players work hard, then it's going to help you out because you need people at the coalface trying their best for the team. Which I think, for the most part, I think the starting eleven actually, I think they were all right today. I think they, I think they are working hard at the moment. I think they do care. I think it's overstated that players don't care in this team. Seeing the sort of obviously I used to at the game, but I was at home seeing the 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 sort of players afterwards you've got Shakiri just sat in a lump on the floor looking gutted all the basically all the players look gutted and that's not pretend there's there's no Jolian Lescott's here going home and tweeting a picture of a car or whatever well there is and he's but he's not he's not involved in the squad anymore on that on that pitch I think there's a lot of people that care but I it stems back to the transfer team not doing their job properly and bringing in players like the Hesse's and the Berahinos and the Rimmers because Especially with Berahino, there's evidence that things weren't always perfect. I mean, obviously people can change and you don't want to judge people completely on, on things in the past, but there was evidence that there were problems. Hesse as well. Like, if you're at Real Madrid 
and PSG and whatever and things going wrong. What like you've got? To, there's got to be question marks there. there. You have to know what is going on with this guy's life. Like who is he as a person as well as his ability? And the fact that they're in this dressing room, it, that must play a huge part in, in our problems right now. Because as we said, the difference between us getting us being safe and us getting relegated, it's so slim. You can call it bad luck because luck bloody doesn't exist. It's not bad luck. It's slim margins in various places that things have gone wrong. And maybe if we had those three players, those we've named, had better players who want to work for the team, maybe we'd be all right. Because at the moment, our squad is shit. Mm. Our bench is absolutely woeful. And if you've got three more players, your Bojans, your Muniesas, even... We've said it so many times. If they were in that dressing room, it would make a huge difference. It's not just about Whelan and Walters who work hard. It's about people who care. And there, there are more people than than those. Sorry, but it, yeah. it pisses me off. Uh, now, uh, something I heard on Radio Stoke on the way back was that kind of our undoing, if you like, was when Hughes got rid of Whelan, Walters, mm. that kind of player. And I have some sympathy to that point of view. I understand where that comes from because you see basically the crap we replace them with, Hesse, Berahino, Vimmer, and you can say, yeah, th- these guys don't give a toss. Whelan and Walters, whatever you thought of them as a footballer, they did give a toss. However, I don't think it's as simple to say it was just we got rid of the grafters and that that was our undoing. It, because like, Bojan, Munieza, you name them there, they gave a shit. They loved being at Stoke. They worked so bloody hard. So it wasn't it wasn't that, oh, th- this was an irreplaceable force in the Stoke team, Whelan and Walters. It was that they just replaced them with complete mercenary tossers. <coughs> you know. So... And I, I, you know, and there's been a lot of talk about Walters recently because he, obviously he's coming back with Burnley, and but he hasn't played for them all season, and, mm. and Whelan is dividing opinion at Aston Villa as much as he is dividing as much as he did divide opinion at Stoke. So I'm I'm hesitant to kind of say once Hughes did that, and it was already falling apart before the summer anyway. Let's not forget when he did get rid of them. So. Anyway, moving on. Uh... I th- I th- I th- can I just bump in there as well? I think it's very easy on a day like that, because I listened to Radio Stoke before the game as well, and, and they were making similar sort of sentiments. I mean, it, nothing changed that 90 minutes of our feelings. Really, Pedrick but... was on, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was on great form beforehand as well. So it, his point, obviously, today, facing Burnley, was that you've got this British team with these British players or whatever and, and they're working hard and that's all that matters. It, obviously, players at Burnley care and that's great. They've got that system. They're, they're punching well above their weights. But you look at the other end of things, the best teams in the league have have players that care about that team and want to play that team. Man City, they'd, prob- they'd probably jump over whatever for Pep Guardiola. Same as Klopp on their day, when they're amazing. Yeah. They all care so much about their club and working hard for Klopp. It's not just British players who can care. It's a lot of players. Mm. And, and that's yeah. why Bojan and Nunez is maybe, maybe are just yeah. as missed yeah. in that dressing room as players like Whelan and Waters. But they'll never get a mention for that in on, on, on different formats. Pedrick's recent column, I think, was 
borderline disgrace, really, because I'm with him right up until the point he says, oh, it's no coincidence that Burnley are doing so well because they've basically got 10 British guys and one Icelandic. He's he's your token Mm -hmm. foreign. Because there is no correlation, particularly at Stoke, between being British and giving a shit working hard. Charlie Adam, Glenn Johnson have been... Saido Berhino, also English. Darren Fletcher. Darren Fletcher have been the biggest letdowns of this season. Who's played well? Alan, Shakiri, Bauer and Dye. There's, there's no rhyme or reason there between being British and, and giving a toss. <coughs> Obviously Burnley have a lot of British players, but Sean Dyche has got them playing in through their system. They've got them playing for the manager. It stems from the manager. It doesn't stem from what fucking country you're from. And I was... I w- it's it's been an underlying tone of some of Mike Pedrick's uh, work for the Sentinel, and it's just kind of just despairing to to read. Uh, so we'll move on to uh, Paul Lambert. Uh, Jos- Josiah Deakin on Twitter asks: Does Lambert deserve a chance next season? Personally, one win in twelve, I think not. Tom, I imagine. Um, You've got a fairly short answer for this one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What one win in twelve? Uh, that 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 speaks to it. Um, Paul Lambert, who supposedly come in and, and tightened up the team, one clean sheet in nine games. It's not. It's not like Lambert hasn't had a chance. And I think I saw someone talking about it, and they were saying that whilst Hughes gets the blame, whilst the board and the transfer team get the blame. Lambert's now probably had enough time to be to be given some of that blame as well. It, like, I understand that he's given he was given a shit team with shit heads in it, with horrid people in it who, like, I don't think anyone would vote to have them at the club. But when you come in and you have like what how many days he had of the, the January transfer window, like fifteen days of a transfer window. This attitude of, oh, well, if you don't want to train the way I train, if you don't want to play the way I play, then don't bother coming to the club. It, whilst it's, it's nice in principle and, and you'd want that to happen in a team who are like mid-table and, and just falling apart but need to be have a kick up the arse that season, when you're in a relegation team and you're limiting it so much that regularly we are having players who have had like one season of under-23s football on the bench, and not someone like Campbell, who probably deserves the chance because he's shone so much there, but someone like Lassie Sorensen against Arsenal, who is good and there's promise there, but he was thrown on that bench against Arsenal because we genuinely don't have enough first-team players who Lambert goes, right, I'm gonna, I, I'm confident in you playing. And that's nice in principle, but when you're in a relegation fight, players like Hesse, who's a twat and I really would really love to hit him in the face he clearly when he's on the pitch has shown that he has the ability to do something and especially when you get a big injury to someone like Tupomoting or or Staphylidis you can't just shut these people out that isn't that's good man management in one sense but it isn't in the sense of doing what's best for the team so I think that really the only thing that Lambert's got in his sort of I've done well column is I've sorted the dressing room out. And if you look at it the way I've looked at it, then I genuinely don't think Paul Lambert has done one successful thing at Stoke. Has he not improved the defence? 
We we haven't been beaten by four no. since he's been here. Well, yeah, we have. Uh, we've probably worked on the defence, which is the failing of Mark Hughes. But I, I can't say that he's improved the defence to an extent that it, it is doing good for us because we we are winning football matches. And if 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 the defence isn't winning football matches, and I think Lambert suffers from the same thing we suffered under Hughes, we're still way too concerned with what the opposition can do to us than what we can do to the opposition. I mean, for what's it, it's been twelve games now. For the first seven of them. We were playing a formation that, that, that basically had one attacker with two kind of attacking midfielders, but even those two are more comfortable coming deep to pick the ball up and moving up. We had one threat on the pitch. And at times, in important games, the Southampton match, the one that massively sticks out, Juve gets injured. Instead of bringing a striker on, he brings a pissing left-back on. Oh, don't get, brings don't a pissing get me started on, on for a striker. His subs, Jesus. Christ. I mean, well, oh, yeah. I was actually quite tempted to research his subs and just sit here and read them out because <laughs> I think they're bonkers when you think about them, and I think that speaks massively to his tactical awareness, his how he sets the team up. The subs he makes just show how bloody hell there's something wrong there. I think there must be something in the water in Stoke that uh, that says the the football manager of Stoke City Football Club does not understand how to make substitutions because. For like how how long? How many seasons? Three seasons it's probably been where so many, the majority of the subs have just been absolutely baffling. Like no no one understands the subs today. I don't understand. No. I'd love for Lambert to sit here on this podcast and explain to us right now what his thinking were behind those subs because I I'd be fascinated to hear what he thinks. I think uh, I, I think sorry, he's improved sorry, the defence. Go on, uh, go Nigel on. Nigel Johnson asked him on Radio Stoke said. Uh, you brought oh, Moritz Bauer off and you brought Stephen Ireland on. Was that tactical? And Paul went, yes, it was. And then Nigel moved on to the next question. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. What <coughs> insights? Oh, our, our local journalist, journalist is so good. They hold the club to account so well. Yeah, I mean... That, that's, another, that's a separate issue. We could probably do a special episode on that. But the point I wanted to make was, I think... He's improved the defence. I don't. I don't. I don't think people can argue with that. The issue is instead of the ability to capitulate as we did do under Hughes, now we've just got the ability just to give up after seventy minutes and allow the. I mean, we're so used to it. Pulis, Hughes, and Lambert seem to just love sort of giving the opposition the ball for the last twenty minutes just to invite pressure onto us, and it. And that's why we're seeing so many of the same games because every bloody time we're just giving up and thwacking it up, and and they'll come back at us and score, and it's. I, I think Lambert has a lot, a lot of blame. I think it's it's now because it's a it's very underrated because th- that is a long time. I mean, I for a while you give him a chance, and I think as Stoke fans, I think a lot of us, it's very easy to think we're just a miserable bunch. I don't think we are. Think about how long Berahino got for, for a chance. He got mm. ages to be like, this will be his time. He'll score. Now we've everyone's given up on him and completely fair play. Lambert as well. He's been given so long just to ride along, not doing anything particularly special. I mean. The thing that baffles me is, as you say, he got the January window. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but at that time he said, oh, I'm leaving the transfers to the transfer team. I'm having no say, which is baffling. If he's if he's now moaning about this squad and saying, oh, the, I've inherited a bad squad, and he's saying, oh, I don't have a goal scorer. Yes, you don't have a goal scorer. Why weren't you screaming at the transfer team? We need a bloody goal scorer. Bojan is on loan. Bring back Bojan if, if you want someone else. Get another striker. But he said, oh no, I'm just going to leave this to someone else who isn't with the team the whole time. 
Why? What? what? Like, <laughs> and the quote what? that kept going around about Paul Lambert when he got the job that he impressed them with his deep knowledge of the squad and what was required. <laughs> Clearly, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> who was oh. looking? Who out of Cartwright, Scholes, Lambert? Who is looking at the squad thinking, right? Uh, yeah, defence. Yeah, we've got them covered. Midfield. Yeah. Uh, get him dying, get this lad in uh, Boston midfield. Up front, we're probably fine. Like, who, who, who looked at that in January and thought that was a good idea? Um, I like I like I'd how um, knowing knowing the weaknesses of the squad was like a really this the, like the board sounded like they were shocked at it. Honestly, my <laughs> housemates could tell you the weaknesses in Stoke squad, the amount I moan about. Yeah, I, it's I like think, fucking hell. I, I, a football I, manager knows what's wrong with a football team. Yeah, I, bloody I, hell. I think give um, him a job another now. football podcast made this point. It was like we, we're not in the Zimbabwean second division. We're on the Premier League. We're on telly. <laughs> you know, most weeks it doesn't take you know that much in-depth research to really nail what's uh, wrong with us. Um. But yeah, they be great go. to know what he learned from German football as well. Yeah, that was that was the other thing, wasn't it? That he'd he'd learned so much. What what did he bring over from German football except <laughs> except for losing and drawing a lot? Um, Lovely, how to bend over and lose? Ba- to banning Munich. phones in dressing rooms, clearly. Um, yeah, <laughs> I saw a brilliant tweet today which said Paul Lambert is the Mame Biramjuf of managers. He seems a really nice guy. <laughs> He's got a nice smile and you want him to succeed. At the end of the day, he's just not very good. And God knows I've wanted him to do well for the last 12 games. But it's just, there's just nothing there, is there? My dad in the pub was like, all I see from Lambert is him just like raising his arms like that and just trying to get everyone going. But that's not a tactic. That's not an actual thing that influences a game just pushing your arms yeah. up, up yeah, there in the was. air, trying to mo- the, the wheeling arms. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> honestly, based on his experiences at Wolves and his experiences at Aston Villa, I appreciate he got Norwich promoted out of the Championship, but even given the fact that it, it's not his squad, I can't see him motivating a newly relegated side back up and what I think the club need to do and I'm sorry if this is pie in the sky and deluded agenda nonsense can you imagine if we got rid of Lambert and then said right Graham Potter is our man we're going to back you and we're going to give you the time and resources you need to build a team to get us out of the championship not only does Graham Potter go into a dressing room with a blank slate, because, let's face it, no one in that Stoke dressing room will have played under Graham Potter or will have, or even hold an opinion about Graham Potter that is negative. Because so far, Graham Potter's career has just been one big positive, if you've heard of him. So the players will either not know him, or they'll think, oh, he's, he's a young guy with some good, good ideas. He hasn't been tainted by failure yet. And not only that, the crowd would be lifted so much to have a young guy who used to play for us coming here with some just ideas about anything. Ideas that aren't just try and not concede, try and not get battered. (laughs) 
I mean, th- that might be just totally pie-in-the-sky nonsense, but it'd just be lovely if that happened. Paul, I think you've had a real shit situation, but you, you've just kind of... You've just shuffled deck chairs on the Titanic. You haven't steered us anywhere close to safety. Uh, let's let's run through some questions uh, from the listeners. Scott says, "Does Lambert have something against Bauer?" Uh, last two games, Bauer. I reckon Bauer runs his dog over like Imbula used to run Hughes's dog over. Um, that must be the only reason he, he takes him off. There can't be any other logical one. He has to murder his pet every week. <laughs> That's breaking. Uh, Adam says, could Ireland do us a job in the championship? Probably. A bit, yeah. yeah. He, like, it depends. He wouldn't He wouldn't be anything more than what he did today. For it. Like, he, he was never going to... He's not going to be our starting midfielder, but a nice option off the bench, if he's fit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Red. But then, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, Mr. Red asks: With no footballing talent, but can run a lot, where does one sign to become a Premier League striker like Mam Juf? Oh, poor <laughs> man! I, I, like, I just feel sorry for him I, now. I'm I, not angry anymore. I, I'm I, just totally, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a shame Mam's so likable, isn't it? If this was Sido, yeah. if Sido had missed that chance, we'd all be, you know, united <laughs> oh, and yeah. mental. I just wish it was Sido that missed that chance rather than Mum. Um, <laughs> uh, David Rice, why does Butland seem to rarely come to the ball on set pieces? Well, I don't know. Scared? Because set pieces are designed to not have a goalkeeper come and just catch them. I, Maybe? I, I think... Today it seemed like he was dropping back a bit, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not in a criticise Butland kind of mood to be honest. Um, Dutch Potter, Henry FCFC. What now? We either spend a lot like Villa or have the same problems again next season. Uh, I guess this the broad question is like, what is our approach next season? Do you think that either Lambert or Potter or Mick McCarthy is given any kind of money from Bet365 to to finance a push for promotion. Do you think they're really asked about coming back up is another question attached to that as well. I think so. I th- I think Bet365, as a, as, a, as a cynical point of view, they must love having a Premier League side in the, a Premier League side in the Premier League as, with their brand on it. I think... From a purely cynical, surely that's a good thing for them. So why would they not want to come back up? I mean, the difficulty is, what do you do? I always think we're going to get money off players that we sell. Like, I don't know, it obviously depends massively on how much we get. So you'd think that gets reinvested back in. Um, Every player's cost is inflated, so it's difficult to tell who will be able to buy. I always worry about clubs that sign loads and loads of players because you never know how they've gelled together. That that must be a really difficult job as a manager to sort of integrate everyone. So And, and, and we're going to have to sign a lot of players, so it's going to be a weird one, and I think we're probably going to be worse off than Aston Villa are even this season, next season. I think it's going to be really tough for us. Yeah, I, I think the board are just going about it, it, or at least it looks from the outside now, that the, the board going about it in the wrong way. 
with all this sort of, we're going to stick by Lambert, he's impressed us. I think they're massively misunderestimating how how much work has to go into bouncing back up. Because, I mean, I know Mike Ashley gets a load of uh, stick from Newcastle fans and it's kind of deserved. He's a massive prick. But when they went down... <laughs> They, they, yeah, they sold a lot of Premier League players, but they didn't, they didn't wait for them to be sold. They invested first, made the money back later, and I'm really concerned that we're still going to have players like, I, don't know, I think Indai will go, players like Indai, players like Chupo, players like Peters, and they're all going to be there come the 31st, or no, it's not the 31st of August anymore, is it? It's the first day. They're all going to be there the day before the season starts, and we're going to sell them all, and then we're going to go, oh, uh, we've got some loanies that they'll do. <laughs> yeah, this, this is I, kind I... of my concern as well, is that over the last couple of seasons or so, bar the random splurge on Kevin Vimmer and Saido Barahino, our approach has mainly been to kind of target kind of bargains and stuff, and that's been while we're a Premier League club. If we go down, will we throw everything at building a team to get us back up or will we be looking for the Chupo motings the free agents the loanees and my concern is that like you said we're not sure how much we will need to invest in the squad to come back up It's it's a concerning time. It's especially concerning with the new like Sunderland news yesterday as well. It's just like what could happen. You never, you literally never know. We're sitting here. We we can predict anything. I mean, the thing is, even if miracle happens and we stay up, we're still completely screwed. It's more screwed than we have ever been before in the Premier League because half the squad probably don't want to be playing for us anymore, and. When we go down, it'll be three quarters of the squad don't want to play for us anymore. And and what do you do? And it's a big job, and it it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of thought. And and with the teams in the in the back rooms that we've got, I I don't feel confident at all, and I don't think many of us do. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the Kevin Vimmer deal. When when we signed him, we were like, wow, Kevin Vimmer, quite an exciting signing. £80 million, bloody hell, a lot of money. Mm. But when we signed him, he was like the fourth major centre-back signing of the, of the, or the fourth major centre-back <laughs> at the club. So we had Shawcross and Martin Zindi already, and we had Zuma, and we also had Jeff Cameron who could do a job there in theory. But when we signed him, we were like, okay, that's a bit odd. It's a bit odd that we've spent this much money on a p- position we are already kind of well-stocked in. So has Hughes gone, I really, really want Kevin Vimmer signing for me? Or have has Mark Cartwright gone, I think we should go after Kevin Vimmer? Has Tony Scholes gone, we should go after Kevin Vimmer? Because mm. whoever signed off on that deal needs sacking. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. absolutely ludicrous. And we could do a whole different podcast on the the clusterfuck of recruitment failures at Stoke Berahino and Beulah uh, Vimmer Hesse, Chupo Moting, whatever whether they're down to Hughes or Cartwright or Scholes, I mean half the problem is we don't know and half the problem is it's kind of all of them at some point in some various combination 
Uh, question from Joe. If we had gotten Pulis in January, would he have kept us up? No. We'd have half a team. The rest would have been headbutted <laughs> and refused to play for us. <laughs> would, I think that's an interesting question. Would would have would he have done a better job than Lambert? I think probably yes, and I think we'd pro- I think he probably would have kept us up. Maybe that's controversial. Hmm. I, would I? Uh, difficult. Uh, and the final question we've got is but... about player of the season. I've just put a poll out on Wizards an hour ago. It has four hundred twenty-one votes. Uh, Joe Allen leads the way with fifty-six percent. Then Jordan Shakiri with thirty-two percent. And I didn't know which player to put in that third kind of choice category so I put Moritz Bauer and he has 8% and other is 4% presumably some die hard Hesse uh, fans in there I don't know <laughs> um, so yeah Joe Allen leading by quite a significant percentage uh, would we go along with that I think um, we're learning lessons here about the Stoke fan base and we learnt them last year when Martin Zindy got absolutely mugged off by Lee Grant for the Player of the Season award. And I think I need to stop taking it so seriously because honestly, if Joe Allen wins it over Shakiri, I will just want to find all the Stoke memorabilia I own and set it on fire. Because I... Shakiri, without Shakiri, we'd be gone. We'd be Derby. We'd be eight points. But then, I, I don't know. I don't know how... How I don't think that's fair on Joe Allen. I think it's easy to say that. Obviously, Shakiri has done am- amazingly, but he hasn't. He d- he hasn't sort of won us games as an Arnautovic did. Say we talked about this last week, so, so I won't go over the point. But I mean, without Joe Allen, we would have had a, a central midfield partnership of what Darren Fletcher and Charlie Adam. So I think potentially we'd be probably pretty pretty in a bit bad position with that as well. And I think especially, yeah, it would have been interesting to see that poll a few weeks ago before Jordan Shagiri said he was the only good player in Stoke and, and all these things. And and he, he didn't have a particularly good game today. He didn't have, a, it wasn't his best performance. And, and for the last few weeks, I don't think he's been on top. And, and maybe that's because he's thinking too much about how I don't want to be here and I want to be elsewhere. Where you're Joe Allen, he, look, he works hard. He gets about, he's probably, he's, just trying his best and maybe he's got too little direction maybe he needs to be more tactically astute I don't know I really like him as a player I voted for Joe Allen I I, I just it's a difficult one and I think Jordan Shakiri probably should have more votes than what that that is at the moment but I think Joe Allen is it's easy to say oh oh he doesn't do as much because I don't know he doesn't score as many goals but that was the whole thing with when he first joined the club that we were all saying, oh, it's just a, this is just like a... It shouldn't be happening that he's scoring so many goals. That's not who he is as a player. But now he's not scoring goals. That doesn't mean we can't appreciate him. And and I think I appreciate him. And I, I think whoever whoever he joins next season, it'll be really interesting to see how he does. I'll be fascinated I, to see what happens with him. I suppose I should have declared a bias before I answered that question because I do lay... Um, the failure of Gianelli and Bueller solely at Jalen's <laughs> feet. So, yeah, just let's get that out there. I mean, it's it's kind of it kind of reveals a lot about you as a as a fan, like whether you're at the hard 
the hard left. I, I'm not assigning political biases to this, but you're either a hard <laughs> left Joe Allenite or you're a hard right Shakiri Shakiri fan, and we'd position ourselves somewhere on that scale towards like, yeah, I really like how Joe Allen works really hard for the team, but Shakiri's overall contribution I think is better, so I'm leaning more towards the Shakiri side. Or you think. Well, Shakiri hasn't really done much in the last few games, so I'm leaning more towards Joe Allen on one side of the spectrum, and there and there will be kind of lunatics at either side, who, based on the kind of people I hear around me at the game, who will be like, Shakiri is terrible. He's just a crap football. And I hear this. I actually genuinely hear this at the ground. Like, oh, Shakiri says he's better than everyone else. He's shit. I hear that. I hear actually that Shakiri is bad at football from people around me, and like, I agree with Ben that it wasn't Shakiri's best game today. But the goal came from him starting a move, and Mammy Juve's chance yeah. came from him starting a move, and you know that's that's kind of a classic archetypal Shaq game where he will create two things for you and still overall be considered to be having a poor game. I would tentatively still vote for Shakiri for my player of the season uh, maybe see how the final three games go, see if he completely just has a strop and doesn't bother but yeah I, I, I was surprised by just how much Joe Allen was running away with it um, yeah uh, I think that's the point Like, and I love I love like Shakiri technically is our best player. Like if people who can't see that are just mistaken. I think this is more just a, a an argument on on a, on a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I suppose we should kind of wrap up. But is there anything you're looking forward to in the either the final three games or or in the championship next season? The we're trying to build up some hype for the championship next season because apparently in the championship it's just going to be the proper fans which means you know all the all the bad fans are, are going away so you know anything you're looking forward to about stoking the championship oh goodness i i before the championship i think that the palace game is going to be fascinating um, the atmosphere, I literally can't call it. I, it. Obviously, it completely depends on on what happens elsewhere, probably next weekend and stuff like that. But I think it's going to be a, an interesting game for the ages. Um, looking forward to the championship. Oh, goodness, I, we've been through a lot of them already. Tom, do you have anything to say? Like I said, I think you've been through all of them. But just you know, hope to return and that. Feeling that I actually, actually, no, I don't want hope because I've decided I hate hope now. Yeah, hope is the worst. <laughs> yeah, good point. It's just point. a terrible emotion. Ah, <laughs> uh. oh, no Mark Hughes, that's it. No Mark Hughes in the championship. Yeah. What if he goes down Even though his football to... clubs are going to be there. Yeah, they're not going to keep him because, you know, they only gave him a three-month contract. What a sensible board. Maybe us, QPR, Southampton and I think Fulham and Blackburn. Blackburn Fulham. will be back up. We'll just form a We a can all have group. We Hate Mark Hughes parties. <laughs> That'd be nice. Just for 90 minutes, stand up if you hate Mark Hughes. Like, like on a Jeremy Kyle when they get all the X's out and it's like, oh, they all just slag him off. <laughs> 
for an hour. <laughs> Just reading through some of the uh, Twitter responses to, you know, reasons to look forward to the championship before we go. Uh, Tom, oh, that's you, that's you, Tom. No bloody annoying yeah, podcasts me. or YouTube channels in the championship. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we are probably going to stick around because, yeah, we, we do still support oh, Stoke. No. no matter what league they're in, I'll still support them. We'll still be there, just moaning. We'll, we'll, we'll still piss and moan just as much as we do now. So don't hope that we kind of get more positive and sunshiny in our outlook. We're definitely going to stay the same. Uh, Tim Whitehurst being able to sing E I E I E I O up the football league we go. I mean, decent answer. Yeah, that I do. Kind of, I did quite like that song, especially when we started doing well under Pulis. Well, there was still an undercurrent of people who really hated Tony Pulis. So when it came to the line, Pulis is our king, they just kind of mumble it out. Oh, <laughs> when we get promotion, this is what we'll sing. We are city, super city. <laughs> the only issue is that song is so like noughties. Because after working at Brighton for ages in the away and I got like all the songs. They don't sing that anymore. They all sing the variation of um, Eddie Howe had a dream. Oh, so we're gonna have to do something like that yeah. with Graham you know, po- with Graham Lambert's Potter. Name. Um, yeah, r- at Ramsey's peg leg. <sighs> no, I'm not reading your tweet. Oh, out. Hell. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> Simon says, going into a season and thinking we could win this rather than I hope we don't get relegated. Fair enough. Mark Jackson says, no You're Martin be Atkinson. That. <laughs> no Martin Atkinson or Mike Dean. Oh, Mike Dean though. Did you did you not just? Oh, I'm going to miss Dean. Did you not think? Oh, I'm, I'm glad him. I'm here I'm to see Dino. Him. At least you got yeah. to see Dino in his prime. I was, I was so excited. <laughs> I'm fairly certain he. There was a point I can't remember. One of the Burnley players um, got injured, and then Goodmanson I think passed out of the play. I think Stoke obviously played it back to their keeper. It was I mean it was a, a very tactical move from Goodmanson because. There was no one around him to pass to. So he was basically like, I'll pass it off now so we'll get the ball back, essentially. I'm fairly certain, I might be horribly mistaken, Mike Dean looked like he was like shaking his head when Stoke played the ball back to the keeper, being like, you should just get on with it. Just, it looked like, to me, it looked like that. He was just like, you're an idiot. Like He's abused you there, Stoke, and I hope it's true. He just, he just loves the game. He just what pops a, off what a, um, I mean, our 10 years have pretty much coincided with the, the Mike Dean era of the Premier League as well. So we've been so blessed, really. And trivia fans, Mike Dean was the first referee to send off a Stoke player in the Premier League. Can you name that player? It was Andy Fly no. against Middlesbrough. Third game in the Premier League. Oh, yeah, oh, Mike Dean, apparently. I, was the, I wanted, I wanted I was him there. to send a player of ours off today and kind of bookend our Premier League. Oh, yeah, team. that'd be beautiful. Yeah. He can just manage us at Swansea and send off like four players. Maybe he could just manage us and be our manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Dino. I think it's just started. Dean in. Dino, we hardly knew you. Uh, Lloyd Redding says he's looking forward to the away days. Matt Swift again looking forward to some great local away days Forest, Birmingham, Derby, Villa Tim Olcock four more home games on the season tickets being on Channel 5 with Colin Moore instead of BBC with Lineker and his cronies sorry Tim, we're on Quest <laughs> find out oh. if you've got Quest 
Ben Locke actually enjoying going to football again because we are winning and or competing in games rather than what we have had to suffer for the last three years. Getting rid of a number of fans who are only around when you're in the Premier League. Now, I, I've already said my piece about this on Twitter, uh, basically. I don't want fans to desert us. I think it's good that the stadium is full. And even if they are only there because we're in the Premier League, I don't care. I like the fact that we have a full stadium, regardless of the reasons why people are there. Please, can we get out of this proper fan, true fan, dick-measuring contest? Because it's so tedious. And that's not having to go at you, Ben. That's just kind of a symptom of a general attitude that I find really annoying. Um, Mark says he's looking forward to more Saturday 3pm kickoff. Uh, SCFC82 saying again more 3pm kickoffs, more local derbies. Jack Benson gives us reason to be cheerful here. Charlie Adam being handed a new six-year contract, made captain, and Lee Grant, Glenn Johnson, Stephen Warnock, Darren Fletcher, Michael Kitely, Peter Crouch, and Maurice Edu playing 45 to 46 <laughs> games in a record-breaking promotion where we win every game 1-0. That's just... I'm just can that, we just go down already? Christ. <laughs> can we just be dot points so I can experience that, please? <laughs> I hate this long goodbye that we've got now where it's just like, we might be relegated at Liverpool, but we probably won't be, so we'll have another week of where we'll probably be six points behind with two games to go and it'll just be like, oh, just get it over with. And speaking of getting it over with, uh, thank you very much, Tom, for joining me. Oh, that was nice. That was nice and smooth. Thanks for having me. Speaking of nice and smooth, thank you very much, Ben, for joining me. (laughs) As always, thank you. As always, I feel so much better now than I did before. I yeah. I, I don't think we I talked don't. about how sick we felt. <laughs> well, in terms of I don't I will start thinking about it at some point on Friday again. But <laughs> after the game, I was literally I, I went straight to Tesco to pick up some dinner and I was walking through. I was just, I, I must have looked disastrous. I didn't had a I didn't I hadn't had a shower at that point in my day. I picked up some some pasta I think and I I was on the verge of tears. It, it must have been a picture. But anyway, I'll leave you with that image. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to the Wizards Drivel podcast. We'll see you next week at some point. Uh, just just have a good week. Just just keep your chins up, lads. And, and lasses, apparently. Apparently there are some women who listen to this. Go on, Stoke.